You're listening to the pulpit ministry of North Life Baptist Church with Pastor Harley Snowd. At North Life Baptist Church, our mission is to encourage each person to take the steps of loving God, growing together, and serving others. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.northlife.church. Now, stay tuned for today's message. It is a pleasure for me to be here tonight. When a pastor asked if I would be able to speak tonight, I love teaching God's Word, so I was excited. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, Pastor, you know I go to churches in the county regarding the chaplain ministry, and I've never shared that with my home. And uh, so I said, would, would that be appropriate? And he said, I think that'd be wonderful. So tonight I'm going to let you guys know what I do. Some of you might not even know what a chaplain does. I'm still learning what a chaplain does, but I want to walk you through how I got here uh, and then field any questions you may have. So make them easy, and I'll try to answer them the best I can. But this started in my heart, oh, probably around 2010, a little before. I, would, I was meeting with my pastor uh, regularly, and uh, the, the texts of Scripture, and, and we could turn there, but for sake of time, I won't. Uh, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Go, make disciples. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. We should be going. And those passages were burdening me. And I'm thinking, okay, Kurt, what are you doing? And are you doing all you should be doing? Are you making disciples? Are you sowing seed? Are you actively involved in the lives of lost people? Well, sort of. But I just met with my pastor and would pray, Lord, show me something bigger than what I'm doing. And the next week, you know what happened? Nothing. (laughs) I just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. Uh, And yet, during this time, back in the, I don't remember, sweetie, the 90s, maybe I was on the Wayne County, we have our search and rescue dive team. I was on the dive team, and through that, I got acquainted with our now sheriff, Travis Hutchison. And when he got elected as sheriff, when I knew him back in the 90s, he was not the sheriff, Uh, but when he got elected, every now and then, I would call him and meet for breakfast, meet for a cup of coffee, and I would just let him know that I'm out here praying for you, and I'm praying for your office, praying for your, your deputies, your staff. I love you guys, and I just want you to know there's somebody out here that's praying for you. And I would do that, not regularly, occasionally, and then at one of those breakfasts, and actually a few months ago we reminisced, it might have even been at this very booth, uh, he remembered when we had that first conversation, would you consider being this staff chaplain? Yeah. How do I do that? I don't know. Well, I don't know either. Well, I guess, Kurt, you have some work to do, don't you? But as, as that became in my lap, again, I'm, I'm, is this, God, is this an answer to those prayers? Give me something bigger to do? Something more uh, important than what I'm currently busy doing? So that's how it started. And uh, since then, 
a lot has happened. And I'm going to try to walk you through that. Keith, is there a way you can put that back here too? Or no? I cannot. The answer is not yet. Oh, it moved though. That is good. So what I'm going to do tonight is to take you through what I'm currently doing as a chaplain, what I, how it started, what I'm currently doing, and then what I hope to be doing as the years go by. Uh, I'm a, just to bring you all up. I was born. It doesn't matter. What. <laughs> I've been in Wayne County all my life. This is this is home. I went to school at Triway High School, been there all my life, and so this is home for me. Uh, married LaVon back in 88, so that precious woman has put up with me for 34 years next month. Went to college in Akron U, Akron U got a business degree there, uh, got a master's of ministry from Newburgh uh, Seminary in Indiana. And then I began this, how do you become a chaplain? I didn't know. So what do you do when you don't know? You start reaching out to people. And then it was so fascinating for me to see one of the activities the boys and I did when the boys were little introduced us to some other people in the area. Well, one of the men we met was a lieutenant from Richfield, lieutenant at the police department in Richfield, Ohio. So I called him. I said, Joe, I need some help. So met with him, bought a cup of coffee, and I said, I have this opportunity to serve as a chaplain. How do I do that? I have no idea, but call this guy. So he gave me a name of the chaplain for the Akron Police Department, and he had been the chaplain there for 175 years. So he knew, <laughs> he knew what needed to happen. Uh, uh, Reverend Bob Denton met with Bob, and he was thrilled to see my heart, and he guided me on what needed to happen uh, so I would be more aware of law enforcement chaplaincy and ministry and what that would look like. And so that started my journey. In 2014, I was sworn in as our chaplain, and then I would begin ministering to our guys and to move ahead a bit, one of the things I do is, is I ride along with our officers. So they, you need a call for service at your house. One of our patrol guys goes to your house. I would ride with him. And occasionally we would go to a domestic, which was kind of squirrely, kind of challenging. And uh, I could tell he would be making sure I was okay while he's dealing with these two people that at that moment didn't really care for one another. And I'd get back in the cruiser, and I think the only reason I'm here is to be a blessing to him, and I don't know as I am. So I asked, would it be a blessing to you if I went through the academy and became a commissioned officer? <laughs> Chap, at your age, we're not going to ask you to do that. That's kind of hard to misunderstand, isn't it? <laughs> so I, I said, I, I get that. Would, would it be a blessing? Oh, yeah. So I talked to the sheriff. Would it be a blessing? Kurt, that's a lot of work. But yes, it would. 
So I met with my pastor, I met with my wife. It's like, sweetie, do you think we can do this? Because I still have a full-time job. I'd be going to the academy every night, and at the time, I think it was every other weekend. Uh, can we do it? And she was like, honey, I've never seen God fit you so perfectly for something. Yes, we can do this. So I signed up for it, and I learned why boys go into the academy in their 20s and not in their late 40s. Uh, but the, the part-time academy I went through, one of, the, one of the fun parts was that is we would, we would do tactics, defensive tactics. So we would roll, we'd wrestle with the guys. And so I'm 46, 7 years old, wrestling with 21, 22-year-old kids. Kids, young men, excuse me. But we would do it on Saturday. Well, I can hold my own one day a week. But the next day or two, I needed to rest. But we didn't do it again until next Saturday. So it worked out very well for me. Uh, to make it through that, we had to run, when's the last time you run a mile and a half in your late 40s? You can't even remember that far back. But I had to do that and did all the, the, the classroom, but I got passed the Peace Officer Academy, and then was sworn in as a deputy as well, which has allowed me, obviously then when I ride along with our guys, to truly minister to them, because if somebody needs arrested, somebody needs questioned, somebody needs interacted with, I can do that, and they're not worried about making sure the chaplain's protected. So it ended up being a huge blessing for all of us, and that happened in 2017. Uh, you'll note there, too, senior certification, basic certification, certified instructor. ICPC is what Bob Denton encouraged me to become a part of. It's the International Conference of Police Chaplains. It is an organization that just exists to minister to cops. Uh, so I'm part of that and have been for years. This high-tech stuff, you got to be younger than me to use that. <laughs> BSSA chaplain, Buckeye State Sheriff's Association, uh, became affiliated with that uh, chaplain group uh, in 2019, and there is also a, a critical incident stress management team I'm part of out of Summit County called ASSIST 77. We go into different departments that had profound tragedies and uh, minister to the guys to help them navigate through those those difficulties, be it an officer-involved shooting, be it a line-of-duty death, be it just a tragic, tragic call. Uh, some of the stuff we see and smell and hear is just awful. And uh, they're men. They're men and women that, that deal with it. And praise God, we do. So hopefully you folks don't. Uh, but it still is a, a challenge for them to navigate that and to walk through that. And so I, I love being able to be a part of that. And, uh, and then in February of 21, you dear folks ordained me as a minister here, which as to be a chaplain, to enjoy the, the confidentiality. So when I have an officer talk to me and bear his soul to me, a judge cannot subpoena me to re reveal any of that information which I've had since 2014 with 
uh, Furnace Street Mission in Akron. But it was a burden on my heart that the men and women that know me, that worship with me week after week after week, are the people that have that approval on my life. And praise the Lord, you folks uh, saw fit to do that back in 21. So that has brought us to now. In the first part of this year, I became the chaplain for uh, the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police, which has allowed me more officers to minister to which I'm excited about that. So that's brought me to here. I've got three boys, two are married. We got a granddaughter now that if you want to see pictures, talk to my wife. <laughs> but my mission statement would simply be this, and I may change that a bit as God is bringing more first responders into my life. Uh, it's chaplain will walk with and support law enforcement officers, their families through the blessings and challenges of life and the specific issues resulting from the law enforcement environment. I'm dealing more and more with uh, firefighters and medics as well. And you might look at that and say, Kurt, boy, I'd love to see something more about eternity, more about uh, spiritual things on there. Well, I, I would too, but as a chaplain, that is a state-authorized position. And as such, I can't be in there proselytizing and telling people, you need to come to our church and you need to do this. So I have to be careful what I would publicly broadcast. But the beauty of being a chaplain and sitting in your cruiser with you or sitting across your desk from you is if you have any questions, I can answer them like I would want to answer them. Well, Kurt, what does the Bible say about this? Well, you know what it's... You might, can I get it? Let's just look. I have the freedom to do that. And it is, it is a delight. I keep a Bible, obviously, multiple Bibles in my office and regularly... I'm opening it and sharing, this is, what, this is what God says. This is what you're asking. What about this? And it's so, uh, I'm thankful for the, the appetite God gave me to study his word for years and years and years. Because you get questions that are all over. One guy's struggling with pornography and he'll say, Kurt, what, is the Bible, what, is, what does the Bible even say about that? And then an hour later, somebody's I was hearing somebody when, when the end of the world, what, what, is, what happens when, so you're, you can in, in an hour span be dealing with Daniel and Revelation and Isaiah and then other very practical matters of, of family and, and self-choices. Uh, self uh, and as I said, I'm getting more involved with uh, firefighters and medics. Yesterday, I was out. Uh, and we ended up at a barn fire. And one of the men, uh, you guys remember probably last month, we had some real tough times. We had a firefighter killed. We had a trooper hit. We had a nurse who's very involved in fire service uh, die. And then you had a, a firefighter who was the first on scene for his son to be killed. Well, I ran into that man yesterday. And he thanked me for what I had sent him and what I had, had done at the calling hours. And it just gave me another opportunity to encourage him around the word. Well, this is what God says. This is what, how's your wife doing? And just, just ministering to them. And it's, so you, I go into this thinking, okay, gung-ho, I'm a fire, I'm a law enforcement chaplain. And I am, and I love it. But if a firefighter or a medic needs the Lord, I'm happy. Troopers, we got trooper uh, family members here. Absolutely, I'll minister to them. Uh, 
and I was going to wait till later, but I, I'm so excited about this. Is you want God to work in your life. We had a Bible study Monday, last Monday. First responder Bible study. I bumped into, at a call, a firefighter. Found out that he was a believer and he was burdened for his firefighters that didn't know Christ. Well, oddly enough, I'm a cop that's burdened for cops that don't know Christ. So we started talking. We had breakfast and we're swapping ideas back and forth. And as it turned out, things I lack, he's got. And things he lacked to really want to get going with it, I have. So when we put our heads together, it was like, Let's do this. So we sent some invites out. We had 14 men show up Monday at his house for the sole purpose. It wasn't to, hey, lure them in and we're going to surprise them with Jesus. No, it was, you come, we're going to study the Bible and we're going to interact as brothers in Christ around God's word. So we got another date in June picked to see what God will do with that. And it's just fascinating to me because you have your mind, okay, this is what God's going to do with you. Okay, he gave you this chaplaincy, you're in law enforcement, and this is what it's going to look like tomorrow and next month and the week after that, and maybe it won't. I don't know. But it's, it's been fascinating to see God develop that. What I currently do, I do ride-alongs, as I mentioned. I ride along with law enforcement as they make patrol stops, as they respond to calls. And one of the first things that I noticed as I started ministering to these men and women is they can take you to a call they had 15 years ago with precise information. Kurt, the radio traffic came from my unit at 7.48 in the morning. It was foggy that morning. Every detail. I I got at the house, and they can recite everything. The, The horror that they saw and smelled and felt. And sadly, we've not done a good job, if I can paint with a broad brush, we've never done a real good job caring for that. You're a cop. Suck it up. You done with this call? Go to the next call. And so it was amazing to me just to see that was still so raw after 15 years. And then you'd learn of this other call. Oh, I remember the first suicide I had to deal with. I was so mad. And just all of these emotions that they've never been helped to walk through. A little trigger can bring them right back into this anxiety, depression, challenge. Well, wow, I can help them with that. So I see such a need for that. I was, it wasn't our guy, it was a, a out of county. A, a detective was talking to me about a, a, a little baby died. And little babies typically don't die, do they? So who gets to investigate that? Why did that little baby die? We get to. And if, if you would envision yourself being a mom or a dad and having somebody ask you, what really happened last night? Were you upset when you put the baby down? You, can, you probably would look at that as, how dare he ask me that? My little baby is, is dead, and this guy is asking me that? Well, I talked to a detective 
who had to do that at a call. And I would just submit to you, imagine being that guy who's responsible to investigate why this little person died and have to ask those difficult questions. He's like, Kurt, you know what I felt like asking that mom those questions? You probably have never thought of that. I do. And I love to have the privilege to walk these men and women through those difficult times and attempt to point their gaze to, to eternity and what God would be doing through those things. Corrections officers, the difference, patrol guys answer, answer calls. If you would have a call for service and you would say, hey, I need a deputy to come, that would be a patrol officer would come. We also have deputies and corrections officers that work in the jail. Those dear men and women face their own unique challenges. They are with inmates their entire shift. And these folks, some are career criminals, as you would use that term, and others just had a really bad day and are paying for some challenges, that, uh, poor choices that they made. But we deal with inmates trying to hurt themselves that you get to interact with every day. And you're there to protect them from everyone else and themselves. And that would factor many emotions in your own life. So who do they talk to about that? Well, historically, no one. Do you want to go home and tell your spouse, oh, you know what I dealt with today? No. You don't want to go home and tell your spouse all that. And so now I'm able to help them through some of those difficult times. Dispatchers, you guys know what those are. They're the ones that, hello, 911, what is your emergency? Those dear folks, uh, we referenced that f uh, firefighter that was killed up on 71. I talked to the dispatchers that handled that. And they were so aware of when the, when the radio traffic changed. We deal with radio traffic all the time. Here's a wreck, someone's injured, it's matter of fact, and you deal with it. But all of the sudden, we couldn't find one of our own. What did they say? Well, if you're a dispatcher, you can't say, hey, would you repeat that last train? I didn't hear you so well, because they don't have time out on the scene to be constantly chirping back and forth. So these dispatchers have to navigate all of getting accurate information, the stress of, I'm not there, there's nothing I can do there, but how can I help here? What did they actually say? And I was in our communication center one morning, and this, this lady called in and, and said, I need, a, I need an officer at my house. They implanted something in my ear. Okay. Who's they? Aliens. And we can snicker, but that dispatcher cannot. That dear lady truly thinks something has harmed her. Truly believes that. And it's our job in law enforcement, our job as dispatchers, to help her. 
it can be challenging. It can be challenging. So I get to minister to these dear folks. And, it's, and I'm not trying to say all this just to, to give you any woe as me, because I'm thrilled to do this. I'm excited to do this. The people that do it are happy that they're doing it often, <laughs> not all the time. Administration, the power, the, the staff. I get to, and LaVon reminds me of that. She says, honey, do you know how few people get to walk in that building and go up and sit down in the sheriff's office? I lose sight of that because I get to. And she says, God put you there. And, and be faithful with that, but don't, don't lose sight of that's kind of special. So I get to love on these men and women, and something that hit me a few, I attended a, a seminar last year, and we were really talking about law enforcement take an oath to defend the Constitution. 30 years ago, everybody would defend the Constitution. Now, our administrative staff truly may need to make decisions about what we're going to do because we swore to the people that we would uphold the Constitution and there are powers that be that are making laws that are contrary to the Constitution. Hmm. Those decisions our admin gets to deal with. And I get to love on them and support them and encourage them to do what's right. And it just has changed. It has changed. So that's some of the heavier stuff I do, some of the fun stuff I do. Uh, I get to do weddings. Hospital visits isn't fun, but you do, you do that. I've officiated two weddings, I think, which is sweet. You spend some time with the, with the couple, counseling them, making sure they understand what they're doing, the importance of what they're doing, and then you get to celebrate a, a wedding with them, which is, which is a delight. Uh, funerals. Uh, their law enforcement funeral is very, very involved. Uh, I don't know if you have ever seen one been part of one, but uh, there's a lot to them. So I would, I would be the one in, involved in, in handling that as well. And then any community outreach we would have. Uh, the fair, other shop with a cop type things. I get to enjoy that. I do a lot of counseling as well, as you can imagine. Uh, I don't know how to ask this, so I'll just tell you. Officers kill themselves four times more frequently than die from felonious gunfire. When I first learned that and kept hearing it, well, this year it's 3.8. Next year it's 3.9. So four times as many officers who die take their own life. That broke my heart. Romans, Romans 13 tells us that, that law enforcement are ministers of who? They're ministers of God. We serve God. Now truly some of our men and women don't recognize that. But to be so hopeless, so depressed, so discouraged that you're more, you're more likely to end your own life than be harmed fatally by a felon is frightening. And, again, what's 
amazing to me is we historically have done such a poor job. Our military, we can talk about that, but our law enforcement, our first responders, we don't care for their wellness like we should. Why well, say we? I'm trying to. That's, uh, that's something I get to do, and I'm delighted to get involved with that and try to minister in that area. Um, so I spend much, a lot of time counseling all the staff, staff family, uh, wet marriages. You guys know how difficult marriages are. Uh, law enforcement marriages are challenging as well, maybe more so. And if Tony was here, I'd, I'd ask her, Keith, but yeah. It's our law enforcement families have some challenges. That's what I currently do. That's how I spend my time. When I say I'm doing my chaplaining, that's what I'm doing with the law enforcement patrol, with corrections, with the staff, counseling, whomever. What I hope to do, as you guys know, I'm trying to raise support to chaplain full-time. I have a full-time day job that pays the bills. It's real glamorous. I sell cutting dies and printing plates to box companies. Um, yeah, that's, I was glad that's how glamorous it is. You're right. But that's what I do. It pays the bills, and, and I'm thankful. I'm so thankful I have that, and it has allowed me to do what I'm doing now. But I hope to walk away from that one day and just be able to serve as a chaplain all day. Because cops in particular are special. Aren't we, Heath? That'd be a fair word, special. Some of my guys will text me or call me, hey, chap, I need to talk to you. You got time this weekend to go for a ride? Great. You got time for a cup of coffee? And I've had wives reach out to me, hey, can you meet with him? He's struggling. But a lot of times, they don't. Unless... I bump into him. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. No, how are you doing? I'm, I'm, it's tough right now. And then they'll talk to me. And in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, you booger, why didn't you call me? You Okay, but now bumping in the hallway, yeah, we'll go to my office and we'll talk and he'll tell me what's going on and we'll walk through it. But it just is becoming so evident to me that I need to be there to bump into him. Okay, I know he had a really crummy call. Friday, our guys were slammed with a bunch of garbage. Well, I was able to be out with them yesterday. Great. Times I don't. How do I make sure they interact with me? There are times LeVon and I will stop. Hey, sweetie, I just need to drop this off my office. I'll be right back. Okay. 45 minutes later, an hour later, I come out. She said, somebody was in there, wasn't they? Yeah. And they needed to talk. And, of course, I have the time. And she's gracious about it. Uh, but it just requires more time. More time to be present. More time to be there. And I hope to minister a lot. As I hope to generate things in the future. I'm not sure. I'd like to expand. Right now, I'm a chaplain for the sheriff's office. We have 80-some officers, 100 people I try to take care of. Who takes care of Apple Creek PD or Mount Eaton or Rittman or Shreve or Doylestown? 
Nobody. Now, can Kurt do all of that? Kurt can at least let them know that I'm here and I care about them more than they have now. But I hope one day to spread that to these other departments. And not all of those villages there, townships, have uh, uh, law enforcement. But they have fire. They have medics. Who cares for those folks? Now, there are groups. I told you I belong to a a CIS 77 out of Summit County that, that ministers when a horrible tragedy has happened. There's one that tries to take care of Wayne, Ashland, and Richland County. That's a lot. So they exist, but not as intimately. And if I don't know you, I'm not going to talk to you. You might look sweet as can be. You might tell me you care about me. But if I don't know you, I'm not going to talk to you. Who does a cop talk to that is honest with them? Do you know why I pulled you over for speeding, sir? (laughs) No, I got no idea. Do you know why I pulled you over? No, I I have no idea. Oh, really? I encourage you next time you get pulled over. Do you know why I pulled you over? Yep. (laughs) It'll blow his mind. We historically don't trust a lot of people because when I was through my, my, when I was through in the training period to become a patrol officer for the county, the sergeant told me, he said, don't try to find out who's telling you the truth. They're not. (laughs) Try to find out who's lying the least. And honestly, I found that to be true handling calls. But I'm trying to look at it from the mind of that officer. Everyone he deals with is lying. Everybody he deals with has an angle. So here you come, sweet as could be. Hey, I really care about you. I want to help. Baloney. Okay. I've been there for eight years. I told LaVon it'll probably take me five before they let me in. It didn't. It took year and a half, two years. And I've had people tell me at that office, like, Kurt, I can't believe your family. I don't know how. I don't know how you got in their heart so fast. What do you mean you don't know? It, God did it. God did it. And I'm so thankful that he did because we need help. Our guys need help. And I'm delighted to be there. Something else I'd love to do if I had the time and wasn't When that firefighter got killed, I had a firefighter call me and said, Kurt, is there any way you can come with me today to this? No. I was in Finley on my way to Toledo because I had customers coming to my plant for a tour. He wasn't upset. He knew I volunteered. But my heart just ripped because he needed some help doing this task and I, I could not be there. So I'd love to be more available for traumatic calls, hostages, suicides, homicide, some of the ugly stuff we deal with, that it would be good for me to be there just to get a, a, a feel for the, 
difficulty that these officers are going to walk through. Currently, I'm there sometimes, and a lot of times I'm not. Something else I would love to do is fatal scenes. We have those with some frequency. Uh, auto wreck, uh, a death in a, some unique farming accident. Uh, just to be there to encourage those folks and encourage the firefighters, the medics, all of those people are, that are involved with that. How about the next slide, Keith? I can't, there we go. Whoa, there we go. Death notifications. That's something else I do that our officers often do. Somebody is killed in a, in a vehicle accident. Someone needs to go tell their family. As unpleasant as those calls are, I wish they would be me instead of some of our officers. Not that I'm Mr. Wonderful, but our officers have calls pending. And they have to go talk to this. The most recent one I did, I informed this lady that her son had died. Okay, anything you need? Have a nice day. No, it doesn't. It shouldn't, it shouldn't work that way. And our guys are compassionate and they're tender. But sometimes you need to sit down with that individual and make phone calls for them. Hold their hand. Get them their phone. Make them something, get them uh, something to eat, something. You need to just be there saying, I love you, and I'm here to support you. I'd like to be able to do that. Spouse support class. You guys are not, uh, most of you are not married to cops. But some of our dear ladies and husbands, they had no idea what they were getting into. And I would love to have a class with some frequency, maybe, just to let them know this is how we think. This is, we're different. We're, we're on, it's called hypervigilance. We're hypervigilant a lot of the day. And when we come home, it's not, I need a minute before you tell me everything the kids did. And it can be challenging to navigate through that. I went to a class, and this tiny little lady, even smaller than LaVon, was a, a wife, a cop wife. And uh, she was speaking. Her husband, they were going to go on a date. 11 o'clock, he was going to get home. They were going to go out. It was going to be nice. 11 o'clock, guess what? He ain't there. Okay. He got held up. 11.15, guess what? Bum still ain't there. And he didn't even text me. Okay, 11.30 comes. And she, was a, she says, now I'm, I'm hot. I'm, I'm beyond excusing this. I'm going to light him up when he comes home. Why? Well, she's been anticipating spending the evening with her husband and they had planned this date, and I get all of that. He dealt with a teenager who died in his arms. They couldn't, they couldn't keep him. And so he gets home, covered in, in blood, 
It's like, honey. And she said, as soon as I saw that, I just felt so awful. Because all of that emotion she had generated was so misplaced. And so I would love to help our spouses recognize some of that. Now, do we have some boogers that are cops? Yes, yes, we do. And sometimes that needs addressed as well. But just a spouse class, just to give them understand and, and better ideas how to help. We think differently. Let us sit with our back to the door looking out at the restaurant. Just let us sit there. When we first did our first responder uh, appreciation day here, pastor said, Kurt, if we set up chairs in the back, would they sit in them? I said, no, they'll stand behind the chairs in the back. Just let us do that. And some of the things with a spouse, it would be nice for them to know so they would know better how to care for their loved one. Another thing I would love to do is have a, an appreciation day for our first responders. I've shared with some of you about it. There's one I attend in Indiana. A chaplain friend of mine has been doing it for 20-some years, started out on his farm. Now they rent a 300-acre off-road course. It's closed for the day. To get in, you have to be in law enforcement. So you show them your badge, and you and your family come in, and it is a day to just play. There's go-karts for kids. There's bounce houses for little kids. There's fish and pond for kids. There's uh, all kinds of activities. Shooting a 22, shooting a bow and arrow, throwing a tomahawk, throwing a battle axe, throwing knives, shooting all kinds of weapons that really don't interest me, but I go anyway. <laughs> it's like loads of fun. They got 50. We, uh, Last time we went, LaVon shot a cannon. They have cannons there that you shoot softballs out of. 50 caliber rifles, fully automatic. It just is a day where the cops come. And where do we get to go with our families and just go, let's have a good day? Ooh, the guy taking tickets? I arrested him twice. I don't think we're going to just let our guard down and enjoy here. But if we had a day like this, I, I'm thinking of how I can make it happen. I still don't know how because Jim has 300 volunteers to pull that day off. I don't know how much money he goes through. They have uh, Hummers. You guys know what a Hummer is? They have Hummer rides. And the guys that drive those... <laughs> But it's a lot of fun. They have a side-by-side. -side. You get and go on this. It just is a day of fun for the officer and their family. And the community gets together and just says, whatever's going on, whatever you hear in the media, whatever that guy you arrested said, whatever, we love you. And we love what you're doing. The first year I went up, I knew it couldn't possibly be what Jim told me it was. You mean I don't buy anything? The ammunition I shoot, the fuel I use up, the food I eat. He says, you don't touch your wallet. Well, I'm thinking of inviting all my guys, but I thought there's no way. 
There's no way it can be that. It was. So the next year, I took some of our guys up. The next year, I took some of our guys up. And I'd love to do that here because I know, I know you guys. I know other churches I've been to. They love us. But how do you get to go tell a cop you love them? You see one standing, directing traffic, run up and give him a big hug. Is that how? I would really not suggest you try that. But we don't get to respond to your house. We don't get to see you. So to have a day like this, where we really could just throw our arms open and say, we love you, we love your wife, we love your family, we love your kids, we love your husband, we love, we want you to be here, enjoy, have a great time. If there's anything you need, you let me know. And there's 50 people walking around. You need anything? You guys having a good time? Can I get you anything? You thirsty? It's just phenomenal. I'd love to do that in our area. I'd love to send out a more frequent letter to encourage our guys. I'd love to, everything you're hearing me say I'd love to do, can one man do that? No. Can one man with God's help do it? Uh, no, still no. <laughs> but can God put a group together that can? Yeah. And maybe I'll get to see some of this happen. Maybe I'll pass the baton to someone else and they'll get to see this happen. But this is my heart. I love our guys and and to meet other, other men or, or women that I want to be a chaplain, but I have no idea how. Ha, I do. Now I do. Ten years ago I didn't, but now I know. I'd love to continue to set up a support network. Uh, businesses, churches. If, if our law enforcement community needs something, I'd love to have a list of names and numbers that I can call and I know. If my number pops up on this phone, I know they're going to answer it. They're not going to care what time it is. They're going to know Kurt needs me to answer this call. So I'd like to get that assembled. <clears throat> and now, as we're coming to a close, where do you guys come in? Pray for us. Uh, I hope I was clear enough. I tried to race to be sensitive to your time, but I hope I was clear enough. There is a great need. Uh, for ministering to our first responders. So pray for us. If you see one of us, just pray for us, whoever it is. If you have an opportunity to say something to a, a uniform, just let them know. Hey, I don't, don't run up to us because that won't work well for you. Because you might not love us after the end of that experience. But if you have a chance, just let us know. Hey, I'm praying for you. Love you guys. Thank you for what you do. I'm praying for you. Financial support. If there's something you guys can do, and our church supports me. Thank you so much. Uh, if you know other people or businesses, or like Kurt, you ought to talk to this guy. I think they would be really in favor and on board with what you're doing. Please let me know. Pass my number to them. And then if you want to be part of that network I'm trying to build, I put up a little name and email out on the out on the out there there's a table out there was that clear Larry that was good that was good 
I'm very eloquent. You'll learn that. I, I, yeah. So put your name and email or phone number, whatever you'd want me to have with that. And I'll put that list together. That's the ministry. That's what I do. That's what I'd love to do. Do you have any questions for me? Yes, sir. Always some smart aleck with the donut cracks. We do like donuts, thank you very much. Uh, and it was one, one church, actually, uh, said, could we, could we bring some baked goods? I said, no. No. We won't eat them. We won't. You'd make a pie. One of you dear ladies make a pie, put it, on, put it in I'd, on our squad room. No one would eat it. Who made it? I don't know. Now, if I make a pie and I put four, 489 is my unit number. If I put 489's wife bake this, <laughs> back off because it's going to get destroyed immediately. They know me. They know LeVon. They don't know you. So this church says, what can we do? I said, well, you know what? You could get some prepackaged beef jerky, trail mix, stuff like that, and they would be delighted. Well, this church called me. Says, is there any way you could meet us at your office? I think it was a Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, whatever. I said, sure, what do you got? We have 90, 90-some bags. They took all this stuff and put it in little bags for each one of our guys. Our dispatchers, our corrections officers, our secretaries. And when I, I was carrying it in, delivering it, our guys were like, Kurt, this church went above and beyond. They did this just to say they care about us? Yeah, that's why they did it. So little things can be done. But yeah, donuts are tough, Henry. But I appreciate your warmth in asking the question. Are there any other serious questions like that? No, I love you guys. I love the support. I love the prayers. Uh, and I did put uh, prayer cards out on that same table. Please grab one. Pray for us. Uh, pray for LaVon and I. This, this is mainly something I do, but there's no possible way I could do it without her. Yes, sir. Mr. Flynn. Men like you getting right with the Lord, brother. <laughs> no, it would. I would have to. My expenses, what I spend a year is between six and ten thousand dollars, and that historically has been out of pocket. With me, if I take, if you're an officer and you're struggling, and we go out for breakfast, I'm gonna buy your breakfast. If we go out for coffee, I'm gonna buy your coffee. So those things in training, it's about six to $10,000 a year. And then I had some people help me with the numbers as far as salary, health insurance, all this stuff, and it was just under 100000 which would cover everything, taxes and all of the stuff. So it would probably take you and a lot of other people to get, get burdened with that.
Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this is, I'm sorry if I didn't mention it, this is totally a voluntary position. This is not paid at all. Now, if I'm, if I'm working patrol, I'll get paid for that. But if I'm just ministering as a chaplain, there is no financial pay for that. Yeah, I should have specified that. Jerry, I'm glad you brought it up because many places I talk can't believe that. You mean that's not a, our county doesn't, our whole county doesn't have, no, we don't. Well, they should. You ought, I, yeah, great. <laughs> You're right. Go get them. But uh, no, it's all voluntary. Any other questions? Did that answer yours, Jerry? The wheels are still spinning, I can tell. And, and I, I agree, and I think, it's, I think it's becoming a little better known. Officer wellness is becoming more important. Uh, Summit County just hired a chaplain. That's all he does. That's the only one in the area that I know of. Uh, and that was very, very recent. And he had been serving as a chaplain. He was a deputy, and he was volunteering as a chaplain. Well, the sheriff just said, you keep serving as a deputy, but now your responsibility is chaplain. That's what you do. So I think, it, I think it's changing. And even some of our cultural awareness of wellness, of health, is changing. And if, if, if a law enforcement officer was struggling with, a de with depression, would he go race out and talk to a medical professional? Would he talk to a psychologist? No, why not? Couple reasons. He's smiling, yeah. Couple reasons. We don't know you, we don't trust you. And secondly, there's paper. There's paper involved with that. And five years from now, when I do something on duty, and that defense attorney pulls, oh, 12 years ago, you talked to a mental health provider. I wonder if that had something to do with your poor choice with my client. You know what? Never going to happen. So who can they talk to? Me. And I have referred people. Does Kurt have all the answers? Nope. I have gotten to the end of some of that. Okay, you need some serious professional help. And I pass that baton. Because I, I, I am not all of that. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. Oh, you silly lady. I don't know. <laughs> Fifth, maybe? Maybe, uh, maybe 20%. Uh, it, it's funny. I have churches that have... Our church, thank you, our church is the... Again, I'm good with words, Larry, right? Other churches that support me send their money, send their donation here, and then our church monthly sends me a check. It would be kind of neat if that was predictable. It's not. Uh, last month it was $1,000, or this month was $1,000. Month before, it was $2,500. Okay, well that's great, and I'm very thankful, 
but it's hard to, okay, sweetie, we're taking a leap of faith. On what? I really don't know. So it would be nice to have a little more certainty of what it is. And right now, I don't know, Elizabeth, probably 20%, I would say, if, around that. Yeah, Nick. It just, it, some of the churches that I go speak at like this would take me on it. They would see this as a missionary rather than Kurt and LaVon going to Australia and ministering to those folks. Kurt's staying right here in Wayne County and ministering to the people that actually will serve us if we need them. So a lot of churches, Nick, are seeming to take it on as a missionary. So it is repeating, which is, which is wonderful. But others... Uh, it's funny, uh, some churches, I've never met anybody there, they just send me a check. Thank, thank you. <laughs> but I'm thinking, if I was sending a check, I'd like to know who it was going to. Now, maybe they know someone who knows me, and I don't know. But, so I'd like, yeah, it'd be nice to be repetitive, and some of it is. Any other questions? John, I gave you all day to come up with a doozy, and you're nothing, man. <laughs> Anything? I love you guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time to share tonight. Please pick up a prayer card, and if you want to receive my newsletter that sends, I send out quarterly, we put it up out here, but if you'd like it emailed directly to yourself, let me know. And I would just encourage you that we all are to be mission Aries. Uh, and I guess I struggle to see myself as one because I, even in my little mind, it's like I'm not going to Africa. It doesn't matter. I am a seed sower, pointing people to the gospel, pointing people to Christ. And mine might be more of a Jerusalem and Judea. Yours might be more of a Jerusalem, Judea. But I remember praying and praying and praying that God would open up something for me that was bigger than what I was currently doing. And we were faithful, we were serving, we were doing, but, oh, Lord, the end is near and we're not doing, I don't think, all we could. So I would encourage you to just pray, ask God to guide you in what your, your ministry as well can look like. If there's